You are about to listen to another episode of That Sports Guys podcast, hosted by Craig Forstall. Find Craig on Twitter at that underscore sports underscore guy. The That Sports Guys podcast is proudly featured by NFL Draft Diamonds, your draft coverage king. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some football talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Sports Guys Podcast. I am Craig Forstall. You may know me from Twitter as at that underscore sports underscore guy. And if you haven't already given me a follow, stop on by my page and do so. But today I want to get into the 2021 NFL Draft. That's right, it's never too early to talk a little draft around here. And specifically, there are three big-time quarterbacks that everyone's buzzing about right now. Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. So we're going to go ahead, we're going to jump into those three today, and we're going to talk about some of the different questions, answers, and other bits of information surrounding them as they come up to their 2020 college football season playing for the 2021 NFL Draft. And while they're all at different points when it comes to questions, answers, and what people want to see, one thing is for sure, all three of these guys can ball, and that's why they find themselves at the top of the 2021 NFL Draft. So let's jump right into it with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a Clemson quarterback standing about 6'6 six six and 220 pounds. He's expected to run in the 4'6 range, and I haven't seen him projected outside of the top five anywhere. Now, Trevor Lawrence has been dubbed that dude ever since he was in high school. He set foot on the Clemson campus and hasn't looked back since. In 2018, as a freshman, he put together a stellar season. It ended up with him facing off against the Alabama defense in the national championship for Clemson. Then 2019, follows it back up with another national championship game appearance. And the one thing that we can see with Trevor Lawrence is he has been consistent for the Clemson Tigers. He threw 30 touchdowns as a freshman, 36 as a sophomore. You can go ahead, you can look at the completions per game, 17.27 as a freshman, 17.87 as a sophomore. Now, we can move over to the interceptions as well. Four as a freshman, eight as a sophomore. When you put it together, we're looking at someone that's totaled 66 passing touchdowns to just 12 interceptions in two seasons. So five and a half to one touchdown to interception ratio. That is unheard of. That is phenomenal. It shows that he's making... Great decisions with the ball, trust the playmakers around him, and he has a level of comfort in Dabo Sweeney's offense that allows him to go out, execute, and make plays. Now, what's been the biggest jump from year one to year two with Trevor Lawrence? That's going to be in the rushing department. He had nine rushing touchdowns as a sophomore on 563 yards rushing. It ended up being about five and a half yards a rush for him. Now, when you get someone that's 6'6", 220, and they can add a little bit of juice in the run game, a lot of NFL teams are going to be intrigued. And they're going to be intrigued because of our new NFL where the presence of the RPO is there. Their offense is built entirely around the RPO, the run pass option. Now, while you're not going to use Trevor Lawrence in the run game like you would Lamar Jackson, him being able to add a little bit of a threat in the run game is going to help to keep the defense honest, which should then in turn open up more alleys for the playmakers. So now, what do we need to see from Trevor Lawrence as we move into year three? 
I don't know what we really need to see. He has a good arm. You can see that he's developed some poise in the pocket. And we touched upon the playmaking ability as evidenced with the nine rushing touchdowns, the 66 passing, and the lack of interceptions. So those lack of interceptions, again, show the good decision-making when distributing the ball, again, to that remarkable supporting cast. Now, unless he gets injured, which I hope does not happen, Trevor Lawrence should have another massive season. And with that massive season, like I said, he's been anointed that dude ever since he was in high school. You're going to start to hear some Andrew Luck talk about how he might be the best pro prospect since Andrew Luck to come into the NFL draft. The one negative with Trevor Lawrence, though, that I want to touch on is, like I said, he had eight interceptions as a sophomore. Now, we can go to three games, Louisville, Syracuse, and Georgia Tech, and we can see six of the eight interceptions. Now, I want to go back and I want to dive deeper into those interceptions. Now, while it's not a big deal on paper because all of those games were victories, I want to see if schematically the defense did something to confuse Trevor Lawrence. Did they approach him in a too high safety look pre-snap, and then once the ball was snapped in play, did they move to a cover three look? Did they do different things? Were they showing something pre-snap, playing something different post-snap? So that's just what I want to see, because if there is a trend, if there is some sort of defensive scheme that can be used to throw confusion at Trevor Lawrence, I want to be able to see what that is. That way, when he faces it this upcoming season, how did he rectify it in the offseason, and how is, he de- how is he able to deliver results confidently in-game now? So that's just something that I want to keep in mind, uh, a little something to also look look at if you have a little bit of time and you're not done with your quarterback or Trevor Lawrence evaluation. Moving on to Justin Fields. Justin Fields was just like Trevor Lawrence, one of the top recruits in the country, started his college career off at Georgia before transferring to Ohio State. 2019 is when Fields took over for the Ohio State Buckeyes, and he just dominated. Fields is listed at 6'3", close to 225. He also is expected to run a 4'6'40". And now where you see Justin Fields going in the draft is going to vary by publication, vary by source. Uh, He did come out with 41 touchdowns passing, added another 10 scores rushing, and only had three interceptions. Now, I know in the past there have been some rumblings about the Ohio State offense and how it doesn't put the quarterbacks in the best position and how evaluating Ohio State quarterbacks can be difficult due to the lack of progressions in the offense or due to the simplistic nature that some have said the Ohio State offense has. And I don't necessarily know that you can hold that against Justin Fields. I mean, when someone gives you 51 combined touchdowns, 41 through the air, 10 on the ground, and he's your quarterback, what much more could you want from the guy? Um, Now, there are some NFL circles and rumblings that I have heard uh, Deshaun Watson as a comparison to Justin Fields. Now, what does that mean? It means that when you look at Deshaun Watson, you look at the skill set of Justin Fields, there's no reason why Justin Fields can't turn into Deshaun Watson. He's well-built, he's put together, 
Again, he has that natural arm talent. He can throw the ball. Justin Fields can throw the ball. While I'll say Deshaun Watson was a more advanced passer at this stage of his college career than Justin Fields, Justin Fields has arm talent. Then you also move into their ability to make plays with their legs. Yes, Deshaun Watson has a little bit of an injury history, missed time with a knee injury in his professional career. But when you look at how he's able to make plays outside of the pocket when things collapse around him, that's one of Deshaun Watson's strong suits. And I definitely feel with Justin Fields' athletic profile and from what we've seen out of him athletically to this point, I feel that he should be able to develop into a Deshaun Watson type of quarterback at the next level. When I say Deshaun Watson type of quarterback, I don't mean he's going to be a carbon copy clone, an exact replica of Deshaun Watson. I mean, when you look at the two, you'll be able to identify similarities. You'll be able to see you know, the similarities in their game and how it shows with the rest of the team and how they're able to distribute the ball in the plays that they make. I'm saying Justin Fields will have a Deshaun Watson-like impact on the game. In my mind, Deshaun Watson is one of the most naturally talented players in the NFL, regardless of position. So I hold Deshaun Watson in a very high regard. But with that being said, I definitely feel that there are some Deshaun Watson-like abilities in Justin Fields' game. Let's go ahead, and then let's move on down to... Trey Lance. He will be the third and final quarterback that we'll discuss today. And Trey Lance put together a phenomenal redshirt freshman season last year for North Dakota State. He's 6'3", listed at 221, also projected 40 time in the four sixes. Um, And now, like I said, he's a redshirt freshman. So very much like Justin Fields, he only has one true season of game film and game experience to go off of at this point compared to Trevor Lawrence who's coming with those two full years. Now in Trey Lance's one year he put together unheard of stats. 28 touchdowns with no interceptions also added 1100 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns on the ground. Now I get it the Missouri Valley Conference the FCS level People are going to knock the accomplishments and the talent of Trey Lance. But I will say to you this. Think back to other first-round quarterbacks in recent memory. And then watch Trey Lance and ask yourself these questions. Is his size similar? Is his arm strength similar? Is his running ability similar? Is his big playability similar? And if you can answer yes to those four questions with other recent first-round quarterback picks, then how are you going to come up with those arguments against Trey Lance? Now, there was supposed to be a huge, huge matchup early on in the season for North Dakota State. They were going to travel to Oregon, get a chance to play some Pac-12 competition, which a lot of people wanted to see because, like I said, in the FCS level, regardless if it's the Missouri Valley Conference or not, for my money, the best conference in the FCS, people don't care. Because when you do it against Alabama, when you do it against LSU, when you do it against Georgia, that jumps out at people. Now, when you light up, Butler in a non-conference game, 
where when you light up James Madison on the ground in the national championship game, people are always going to have something negative to say, right? Like I said, against Butler. He threw four touchdowns against Butler in the first game of their season, 2019. And is that his fault? No. You go out there and you play who's in front of you. And now you can keep going down the line and the statistics and you can see everything that he did throughout the course of the year. And the rushing totals are phenomenal. Uh, definitely in the national championship game against James Madison, the 30 carries for 166 yards and a touchdown in the 28-20 victory is definitely going to sit well with people. Now you can look at the passing totals, 6 out of 10 for 72 yards in that national championship game. But again, it was a run-dominant day for North Dakota State. They have a very physical and aggressive offensive line, which has a couple of NFL prospects um, in its own right on that offensive line. Both tackles, Dylan Radins and Cordell Volson, both are on NFL radars. There's a couple of other guys on that offensive line that have talent as well. So the North Dakota State football team isn't some outlier. They've played tough competition. They've beat tough competition. They've been on a remarkable run over the past couple of years. And Trey Lance now is just going to have to face questions as to whether or not that one year was just an anomaly or if that's his true ability. Because some other guys that had big one-year productions uh, in stats, Mitch Trubisky, Blake Bortles, Dwayne Haskins, Deshaun Kaiser, Paxton Lynch. Now, not saying that Trey Lance is that guy, but what I'm saying is when you look at guys that have a blow-up season and how that translates into long-term NFL success, right now the sample size isn't very compelling for Trey Lance. That's why so many people want to see him go out again this season, repeat the success, if not build upon it, before they truly crown him as first-round worthy. Now, that's what I've heard from some people as to why they don't have a solid first-round grade on Trey Lance at this point. is just because, like I said, level of competition coming from the FCS, and then also when you look at the statistical output of other one-year wonder or surge guys, it doesn't look that great. So people are a little bit cautious with crowning Trey Lance right now. But you can go and look at the work that Daniel Jeremiah did recently on Trey Lance, see the, the praises that he had to sing for him and exactly where he thinks he fits in at the next level. These three quarterbacks all have first-round ability. And I'm not saying that Trey Lance can't go one overall. I'm not saying Justin Fields can't go one overall. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence can't go one overall. What I'm saying is right now we have three true quarterbacks that are all battling it out for the number one spot, and it's going to be an exciting season coming up. So go ahead, pencil in those three guys as the top three to start the season, and let's see where the cards shuffle and fall out. Go ahead and stay tuned because when we come back, we got Levante Larry. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Sports Guys Podcast. I am Craig Forrestal. You know me from Twitter as at that underscore sports underscore guy. And today we have with us Levante Larry. Levante, what's going on? How are you? I'm great. How about you? 
I'm pretty good. I'm excited to talk about the upcoming season. You're over there at Valdosta State, a defensive back. Got some high expectations for the program this season. But before we get there, I want to know, Jessup, Georgia is what your hometown is listed at. Um, what's it like growing up in Jessup? Um, you know, so uh like I was I'm originally from Savannah, Georgia. And um but I moved to Jessup when I was when I was younger. And um like just being in Jessup is like uh a lot of people playing football, like playing sports. And um I really got into sports a lot, like being in Jessup. Um so, you know, like as far as sports, like it's a it's a it's a good place. And now you said sports, sports plural. So, what besides football did you play? Um. Well, the first sport I ever played was baseball. Um, and you know, I I like baseball. Um. Let me see. Then I I played basketball, ran track, football, of course. Uh, you know, like pretty much just did it all. So basically, if if it kept score, you were doing it. You were trying to win. I see. Um, oh yeah. <clears throat> So now I want to talk to you then about how your career progressed because I saw when you were a senior in high school, you blocked seven kicks. Is that right? Yes, sir. How how did you come up with the ability to time the snap and get the steps down and not get a roughing the kicker penalty? Just how how were you able to do that? It's like, honestly, honestly, I don't even know. I just – I just I, – I look at the ball, and when they snap the ball, I just run back that fast as I can. And, you know, in, in high school, a lot of people, I guess, don't take special teams as serious as they do in college. But, I mean, at that time, it was still personal to me. So, you know, I wanted to just go block everyone. And then you transitioned to a wonderful career at the junior college level at Iowa Western. You were first team Central, all Central. Oh, sorry, Iowa Central. You were first. <laughs> yes, you were first team all JUCO at Iowa Central, and you had 105 tackles. What was your JUCO experience like? Because we always see from Netflix, you know, Last Chance You, what what they make JUCO ball out to be. What was your experience mm-hmm. like? I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like just being in JUCO. Um, it's a it's a good opportunity, man, and it's it's really what you make it like. You know, being in JUCO, it can be either the beginning of your career or the end of it. Um, and it's like like everybody there, everybody there is like on the grind, like trying to make it out. So it's like you you meet a lot of people like that that's just like you. Um, you know, like I mean, it's 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 tough, it's tough, it's tough, but um. I feel like it's, I mean, it's just, it's just a part of the process. Uh, if you embrace it, then, you know, if you embrace it, then, you know, JUCO will be, JUCO will be good. And then after your JUCO experience out in Iowa, you went ahead and you played two seasons at Kennesaw State, and you actually were an all-conference uh, honoree. If you could just take us through your time at Kennesaw State and the culture within that program. Um, Kennesaw, Kennesaw was interesting, man. Like, I grew a lot from Kennesaw. Um, when, as soon as I got in, like, you know, they, they demanded a lot. Um, and just like seeing those guys embrace the grind when I got here, you know, like it, like it just, it made me go harder. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of competition. So it's competition every day. 
So, you know, like, you had to be real competitive, um, you know, uh, just, like, little things. Like, I got better with little things, paying attention to details, um, just, like, everything. Like, um, being at being at Kennesaw, I feel like I really grew, um, grew as a player. And after your time at Kennesaw, for your final season, you're going to finish it out at Valdosta State. What was right about the Valdosta State program for you? Um, so being that I ran out of D one eligibility, like I knew I had to go somewhere where, you know, um, it's not it's not D one, but it's a nice place. And uh, I went down to Valdosta and like the co- the culture down there, and um, you know, just every everything, it felt good to me. Um, like they they win, you know, they got they produce. They produce NFL players, um, just like they uh, training facility. That was that was one thing for me, um, the training facility. So, you know, definitely. And now I want to stick there. You talked about the training facility, and I want to ask you specifically: How do you think your game has grown from your freshman year up to now, Levante? Uh, I feel like mostly. Mostly just uh, I'm a lot smarter. I'm a lot smarter of a player right now. Um, like my film, I always I always love to watch film, but now it's like I I know more of what I'm watching, you know. So, um, so I I became better with film study. Uh, I mean, just you know, just just things like that, things like that, awareness of the game, you know. And let's stick there. If you had to, I guess, say what is your biggest strength as a cornerback, what would it be? I would say my ability to my ability to show up in the run game and and blitz as well as uh as well as covering just as good as any corner. So, you know, like a lot a lot of people don't have that. And you've been noticed within some NFL circles for your abilities as a cornerback. Levante, do you feel that you do your best work in the nickel or on the outside? Uh, I feel like it doesn't matter to me. Uh, my freshman year, I was at UT Chattanooga. I played in the dime over there. So, um, I mean, I feel like, you know, but either or, it don't matter. And now I saw that you said you worked out pretty intensely during your time away from uh, the program due to the shutdown with coronavirus. So if you could just take me through, what was a typical workout like for you? Um, just a lot of uh, like outside, really a lot of outside field work, sand work. Um, you know, like it was, it was. You you know you know that you gotta you know that you gotta you gotta work hard and you gotta you know what you would be doing if you like if you know um. If you were with a team, you know what you would be doing. So you got to do that, and then you got to do more because, you know, you will be working out extra on top of that. So um, I feel like, you know, just, like, got the most out of every out of every workout. And, Levante, I want to ask you about goals for the upcoming season. So I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to stick with team goals for the first question. And what's the ideal final season for you and the Valdosta State team? Um, you know, win a national championship, win a D two national championship this year. 
that's a big emphasis. And now personally, what are you hoping to accomplish? Do you have any goals, All-American, you know, a certain amount of tackles, anything like that? Um, I just, I just really want to uh, emphasize on turnovers, like just creating turnovers, um, getting the ball back to the offense, you know, uh, and just making plays, like game-changing plays. So, Levante, we've done a lot of focus on you as an athlete and your football background and accomplishments, but I want to transition a little bit, and I want to get to know you off the field. And I'm going to start off with, with a pretty tough question, and that's the song you're embarrassed to admit you like. <laughs> uh, I say, um, I probably say, um, when I'm with my daughter, like when I'm with my daughter and her mother, um, you know, they like, uh, they like, they like country music. They like country music. So I, you know, I like someone. I don't play it a lot. Like you know what I'm saying when mm-hmm. I'm by myself, but. When I'm with them, I like it. Like when it come on, um, I say, I don't know which one, but I say one of those. I say one of those countries. <laughs> and now, what's your dream car? I want to get a. Um, I gotta get a Lambo. Just you know, you gotta get a Lambo. A- anything special that you're doing to it on the inside? You got a certain color that you want? Just black. Now I want everything just black on black. All right, and now what's the most interesting or memorable college class you've taken? College class? Uh, sure. I would say, hmm. I don't know. I don't even. I would say one of my online classes. One of my online classes because I need to chill. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> I hear you. And now, what's the best restaurant near campus? Um, I like I like Wings One Hundred and One. I like that. I like that spot. They sell wings. I like the teriyaki wings. Their teriyaki wings. That's what you gotta oh, do yeah. there. All, oh, right. Yeah. All right. And now, Levante, let's go ahead. And let's finish it up with: If you want a million dollars and you could donate it to one charity or one cause, what would it be? Um. I would I would definitely donate it to um just like something for the youth something for the youth like uh like the people like as far as people playing football like just you know create something for them to um get scholarships you know get noticed like the kids that don't get noticed and stuff like that like the kids who you know like they don't have parents that can take them to football camps Stuff like that, um, cause I feel like just just getting those guys scholarships, you know, and letting them see that they, you know, that they got another chance, you know, I feel like that's um, that's big for me, and I love football, so you know. No, that's awesome. That's powerful stuff right there. That would be yeah. an amazing foundation for you to start. Um, and Levante, before before I let you go, I wanted to just give you a chance to give our listeners any final thoughts or any final words that we should uh that we should be expecting from the uh, Valdosta State program this year? So, man, um, it's going to be a movie, man. Like, it, I don't know. Like, it ain't really too much to talk about. We're going to put everything on film, you know, and then, you know, we're going to win the natty. You, you, do that. you heard it here from Levante, from Levante Larry. 
Go oh, ahead yeah. and get go ahead and get your popcorn ready. It's about to be a movie down there in Valdosta, Georgia. Oh yeah. Through Levante Larry, I'm Craig Forrestall. Until next time, stay safe and be easy. All right, you too. Hey, everybody, Craig Forrestall. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of That Sports Guys podcast. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at that underscore sports underscore guy to catch all the latest updates and podcast episodes. Until next time, stay safe and be easy.